Some of you probably could resonate with some of those images. For some of you, Christmas is more about tears than it is about cheer. There's pain, there's heartache, there's loneliness, there's loss, there's question. The last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, Pastor Doug talked about the silence. 400 years of silence for the people of Israel. And maybe you resonated with that. You feel like your prayers, they go up and they hit a glass ceiling and God is silent. Last week, Matthew talked about the blizzard. The blizzard whirling around you. It's confusing and it's disorienting and there's hopelessness. And while the story we're going to look at this morning is a familiar and oft-recited one, I hope that you'll come and you'll look at it with new eyes. It's a story of a group of men, a group of men who really their lot in life left them hopeless. They tended sheep. They were dark, stinky, unkempt, unclean. They lived out in the fields, caring for flocks. By Jewish right and law and custom, they were considered unclean. Couldn't even enter the temple. And because of their job and their duties, they had no opportunity to get clean. They lived in a society, in a people group, in a culture that was under oppression from a foreign occupying, occupying army. Luke chapter 2 tells us there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping over, watch over their flocks by night. No way to change their situation. No way to change their lot in life. No way to change their government oppression. Out in the pitch black, dark hopelessness. For them, hope had been deferred, set aside. They were waiting. Was it ever really going to happen? And maybe, maybe today you feel that way. You look at the circumstances in your life, you look at the circumstances in our world, and you go, is there really hope? I'm just going to defer it for a little while. For Melanie and I, this will be our fourth Christmas, that we won't have any contact from two of our kids. And it's easy to wonder. Will it end? Is God really on the throne? Is this season truly about hope? Can I, can I hope again? What is it for you? As you come to the end of the year and you heard that announcement about 
financial peace, and you're like, man, I would love to have some peace about my finances. It seems pretty hopeless. Maybe you got a health diagnosis. Maybe you're waiting on a test result and you're going, is it going to change? Is there hope in this situation? Maybe it's your job and uncertainty. Maybe it's like for us, for you, it's a family situation. And like the shepherds, you're waiting in the stillness, in the darkness. in the hopelessness. They waited. But suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and all of God's glory appeared on the scene. Can you imagine I mean, I tried. TJ and I, we worked on this. I mean, I want a little bit of a contrast here, but I don't think this even does justice to what it must have been like for the shepherds that dark night. Complete darkness. I mean, you've been out in the wilderness, outside of town, and how dark it is. And then the glory of the Lord. Think about this for a minute. Because it's the glory of the Lord that provides the light for all of heaven. So if you're out in the darkest countryside and the light that shines, lights heaven, appeared, oh my word, can you imagine what that must have been like? Let's read it together out of Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, Luke is the uh, third book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick the story up again in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. It wasn't the glory of the angel. I mean, from my understanding and study of scripture, angels are pretty glorious creatures. Pretty amazing if they were to burst on the scene. But it wasn't just the angel. It was God's very glory, his very presence that had been gone for 400 years. They hadn't witnessed it. They hadn't heard it. They hadn't seen it. And boom, into the hopelessness, into the darkest night, it appears. And if you've been sitting in the darkest night with your hope deferred, I want you to know this morning that hope can be found. That God wants to give you hope today. He wants to enter into your darkest night with all of his goodness and all of his glory. And I'm sure the shepherds would have been terrified. Now think about it for a second. This is what these guys do. They're out in the wilderness all the time. They are defending their flock from wild animals. This is a rough crew. And it says they were terrified. Yeah, if the glory of the Lord showed up, I'd be a little terrified too. And this same theme 
It was declared to Simeon. It was declared to Mary. It was declared to Joseph. Do not be afraid. Isn't that amazing? We don't have to be afraid of God's presence. See, the world would say that God is this mean guy who's putting you under his thumb and he's got these hard, fast rules you have to live by and we got to be afraid of him because he can wipe us out at any minute. And look at this. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news. Good news. I'm bringing you hope. Hope has been declared. Not just to the shepherds. Not just to a people who'd been sitting in silence for 400 years, but hope has been declared to you this morning. God is declaring hope to you and to your life. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Not the good people. Not just the people who go to church, not just the people who live in the West, not just the people who maybe have the resources for it. It is good news for all people. Good news for those who are hopeless. I bring you good news of great joy. Today, in the city of David, A Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Hope had been declared. I want you to know this morning that God's promises and presence provide hope. The shepherds experienced his presence, the glory of the Lord shone around him. The promise, good news, a Savior has been born was declared to them and that gave them hope. And I don't think it's an accident that the first people to hear the good news were shepherds. It wasn't announced in the palace. It wasn't announced in the suburbs. It was announced on a hillside. Now, we just saw a great production Friday night, Unplugged Christmas Christmas program. It was so fun. But the shepherds didn't look anything like the little kids on the stage on Friday night. And yet God in all his wisdom saw fit to reveal the best news in all of history to them first. It's not an accident. If you're sitting here this morning, if you're watching online and you're thinking... I'm unworthy. I don't deserve it. I've messed up too many times. I've screwed up. I don't come from the right family. I don't have the right background. That's exactly who Jesus came for. 
I am unworthy. I don't deserve that a Savior has come. I don't deserve that he became God with us. I don't deserve that he would give his life on a cross 33 years later, shed his blood. But he did it because he loves and because he provides hope and joy. He offers that to you freely. He offers it to everyone. It's no accident that he announced it to the shepherds first. And the announcement was good news for all people. Young, old, man, woman, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your background, hope has come for you. In the midst of the darkness, a light began to shine. And the shepherds witnessed God's glory and heard his testimony. God's presence and promises provide hope. I shared with you that this will be year four that we likely have no contact with two of our kids. But we have hope. Some of you I've shared this story with back Eight and a half years ago, God gave me a vision. I'm not a big visions guy. I wouldn't say I've had a lot of visions from God. But God gave me a vision of my son and my daughter on the platform proclaiming the gospel. He revealed himself to me. He made his presence real to me. I hold on to that. That's a seed of hope for me and for Mel. We come back to his promises. He's given us Ezekiel 36 over our kids' lives that he's going to call them back from the places that he sent them. He's going to sprinkle them with clean water. He's going to replace their heart of stone with a heart of flesh for God's glory and for his sake. I come back to his promises. I remember his presence and it gives me hope. I'm telling you, God's declared hope over your life. You might be missing it. You might not be seeing it. So I want to challenge you to come back to his presence and his promises in his word. And what I love is that the shepherds, they they were in God's presence. And they heard God's promises. And it changed them. Notice the narrative as it keeps going. In Luke chapter 2, they had this amazing Revelation, and what did they do next? It says, hey, why don't we go roast some marshmallows? No. They got up, and they said, let's go see this thing. Let's go discover. Let's go see if this is real. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Continues on, verse 16. So they hurried off. They didn't saunter off. You catch that? Eh, We'll get around to it if we feel like it. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Their hope had been deferred. Then the angels came and hope had been declared. And now hope was being discovered they didn't just sit there they moved they went to discover what it was and what did they find they found that it was true 
God's promises, his word could be depended upon because it was exactly as it had been said. They went searching for hope in God's promise and God's presence. When we're hopeless, when we're in darkness, what do we search for? How do we search for hope? Are we searching for it through finances, through power, through security, through relationships, through Christmas cookies? Oh, wait, we can't say that today because we're having some. How do we search for hope? I want to challenge you. Come back to his presence and his promises if you're searching because that's where you're going to discover hope. Last Christmas... Christmas Day, day after Christmas, uh, my dad got COVID. Mom and dad were living out in Dayton, uh, hour and 15 minutes from here. And uh, you know, my mom has advanced Alzheimer's. They were living out in Dayton, and Mel and I were away with our kids celebrating the holidays and our anniversary. And um, coming back on New Year's Day, got the call that my dad was being admitted to the hospital with COVID. So we got to town, and I dropped my one suitcase and grabbed a few other things and and headed out to Dayton to help care for mom because dad's in the hospital. A couple days later, we still were unsure what the prognosis was going to be for dad, and I had a family member who who basically let me know that the care for mom and dad and whatever the the future looked like, that was completely on my shoulders. And I was out there by myself because Mel was recovering from back surgery and we didn't want to expose her to COVID. And I'll be honest, I felt very hopeless. But God. I don't know about you, music speaks volumes to me in my points of need. When I was out there and Mel was in here and she's feeling kind of helpless, not being able to help, she sent me a playlist on Spotify called Hold Hope. And one of the songs on that playlist, uh, somebody from church would come and sit with mom in the morning and I would put my shoes on and put my earphones on and I'd go for a walk and I'd listen to Matthew West, Hope Returns. So this is how it feels when standing strong turns into barely even holding on. The plans you had are shattered on the floor and your fear tells your faith there's no use in praying those prayers anymore. I know it's hard to see the other side through all the where are you's and don't know why. I know it looks like hope is in the grave. But he's still on the throne. So be still and know that he's still today rolling stones away. Choruses, when your world is crashing, when your knees hit the ground, when your heart is asking, what do I do now? Just when you think it can't get worse, hold on, that's when hope returns. Like a new sun breaking through the darkest night, like a whisper saying, it will be all right. I know you're tired, I know it hurts, but hold on, that's when hope returns. What are you doing to search for hope? Come back to his promises. Come back to his presence. It was through worship music. It was through reading God's word. It was through the community of God's people that hope returned. 
It felt dark in that night, but God had a plan. My dad recovered, came home. But the church out there and the church here supported us. Our life group here invested in us. And then when we made the decision that it's time to move mom and dad into town and we're going to get a house together so we can help support mom and dad in this season. Between the church in Dayton and the church here, 170 man hours over three days moved them in three days from that house to completely painting and setting up this house and getting them in. Because hope returns. Because God's presence and God's promises provide hope. And if you're hopeless today, I want to tell you, what are you searching for hope? Come back to him. The other thing I found interesting reading this passage about the shepherds. That they didn't have the full picture. They didn't fully understand what was going to happen to this little baby. Who this little baby was going to become. And the impact that he was going to have in the world. All they saw was a flicker of hope. And that's what hope is sometimes, isn't it? It seems fragile at first. Can I really trust it? Is it really going to come true? Is it really going to come to fruition? It seems so fragile. But we have to celebrate it. We have to put our stake in it. We have to come back to it. Zechariah 9.12 has become a verse Mel and I love. It's such an interesting uh, concept in this verse. It says, it's a promise about the Messiah coming. It's a promise for the people of Israel. And it says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? If I'm a prisoner, often I don't have hope. I thought hope set me free. But to be a prisoner of hope, I'm in bondage to the fact that I have hope. That it's real. That it's going to come to fruition. That I can discover it in God's word and in his presence. Their hope wasn't some hairy, fairy, mystical thing. Their hope was based on the truth of God's word, on his promises that are yes and amen, and on him revealing himself to them and his very presence in their life. And God's presence and God's promises are just as true today and offer just as freely to you today. Their hope had been deferred But then hope had been declared over them. And so they went to discover this hope. And when they found it to be true, what did they do? They shared it with everybody. They shared it with everybody. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. And what the shepherds said to them. I sometimes wonder, were they amazed because of the message? Or were they amazed because of the messenger? I mean, let's face it. Shepherds are, really? You've got good news like this? Or was it, this is good news? Even though hope was still at a, just a fragile 
beginning phase, they didn't keep it to themselves. They diffused hope. They diffused it. We moved into this house I just told you about. Uh, my folks live upstairs, and Mel and I live downstairs, and um, there's carpeting in our living space downstairs, and the previous owners had a couple of big, big dogs. And big dogs on carpet over a period of time, yeah, you're getting the idea that there was a, an odor in the carpet. We had them professionally clean and everything, but there was still an odor in the carpet. And so we, a friend of ours said, hey, I've got a couple of diffusers. Why don't you try those? I'm like, okay, I'll give that a whirl. Fascinating thing about a diffuser. They give you this little tiny bottle of oil. And you don't put the whole bottle in this thing, okay? Just if you've never had a diffuser, don't put the whole bottle in there. The idea is you put some fresh water in there, and then you take... And you just put a couple, three, four, five drops in there. Because it's so concentrated, so intense, that when I put it with the water, and then I put the little top on, and I turn it on, that intense, concentrated scent and oil begins to come out and spread around the room. And it changes the aroma of the whole room. Some of you have fake trees. We got fake trees up here, so I, I grabbed some fir needle scent. So it will actually maybe pretend these are real trees. But it changes the aroma. And when we have hope, that's what should happen. We should change the aroma of whatever room we walk into. We should change the whole atmosphere of our home, our business, our neighborhood, our community, because we're diffusing hope. And I started thinking about it a little bit this morning, and this might be a stretch, but just stick with me for a second. I have this concentrated oil that by itself, quite frankly, it's too strong. And it's like, ah, I don't know that I would do anything with that. But when I put this oil into the water, and I let it soak in the water, and then I connect that oil in the water to power, to a heat, it begins to change. And when I take this little glimmer of hope that I have inside of me, and I, and I let it soak in the promises of God's word. And then I connect that hope in the promises of God's word that I've been soaking in. And I connect that to the power and the intensity of the presence of God and his spirit. It transforms the world. Will you be a hope diffuser this Christmas? Will you allow the glimmer of hope? Even if for you, because of the hopelessness and the darkness, it's just, it's barely there. Put it into God's word and let it soak. Connect it to his presence and the power of his spirit and let it transform you. 
Because God's promises and presence provide hope. Now, there's one more thing out of this passage that, that is uber important. And if you kind of tuned out on me there for a minute, I, I really want you to come back for this, just this last little bit out of Luke chapter 2. Verse 19 and 20. Verse 20, here it is. Yeah, go to the next one. That's fine. Verse 20. After they went and told everybody in town, it said the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. Check this out right here. The shepherds returned. They went back out into the darkness, to the hillside, to their lot in life, to their unclean state. Their circumstances and their situation did not change. But what had changed? Their perspective. Their heart had changed. And when you leave this place this morning, you're going to go back out to those family relationships that are strained. You're going to go back out and your checkbook's still going to have a negative balance. You're going to go back out and whatever hopeless feeling you had coming in, that situation, that circumstance, when you exit those doors, is still going to be there. But what I pray is different is that you walk out with a sense of hope because you came here and were in God's presence today. Because you spent some time in God's promises today. And his promises and his presence will give you hope to face those difficult, hopeless situations with a new perspective. That you might return to those situations in your life praising and glorifying God with a new perspective of hope in our Savior. So this morning, as we wrap up, I just have a couple of things, a couple of questions I want you to ponder. First of all, no matter what your background is, no matter what your situation, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he wants to give you hope. And if you've never received the hope of his salvation, his gift of forgiveness of sins, and a new perspective. You can do that today. Talk about the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive. The gift of love, joy, and hope from Jesus Christ. And you can pray on your own at home or right here or after the service. You can come and pray with one of us or your online host would love to share more with you. If you are a Christ follower, what darkness or challenges are you struggling with today? What hopeless situation do you need to surrender to Jesus? And can I encourage you, even this week, to come back to his presence and his promises. Get into his word. Get connected with community. Get involved in a life group. Call up a friend. Say, hey, I need some prayer. I need some encouragement. Because God's presence and God's promises provide hope. And maybe you're one of those this morning and you're sitting there and you're like, man, I got so much concentrated hope, it ain't even funny. Now that's you. How can you be a hope diffuser this week? 
because it is good news for all people. A Savior has been born. Christ the Lord. And we're going to move into some worship right now. And, and I asked Rod. Rod's really struggled. I appreciate you, brother. I told Rod, I wanted a contrast today between the hopelessness and the darkness and the joy and the light. And you know Rod. Rod doesn't do solemn very well. There is hope. <laughs> but we're going to unleash Rod in the second half here. And we're going to lead into joy to the world. And I was... Did you catch the title? It's not joy from the world. It's joy to the world. And it's not just joy to the world from heaven down, but it's joy to the world as we diffuse hope as a body of believers going out into this world, changing the aroma. So will you stand and sing with us? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you provide hope through your presence and your promises. Thank you that no matter how hopeless the situation seems, that you will enter in and give hope. Lord, may we be a body, a people that changes the aroma of every room we enter because of the hope that is diffused through us that you've provided to us. Joyful, joyful, we adore you this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing together.